This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Everybody say it together. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Say it one more time. I was glad when they said unto me, get out of bed and let's go to church. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'll tell you what, glory to God. This is the day he's made for us. So we're going to rejoice. <clears throat> we're going to be glad in it. Amen. Every day is a good day. Now, there might be some things that go on in that day that aren't so good, but thank God he's given us his life, and thank God we're going to rejoice in that. Can you say amen? amen? want to welcome each and every one of you this morning. Delighted you can be here at Fellowship Church. I tell you what, praise God, you're in for a treat. Y'all ready to go? Huh? You got your expectors on? You know, God might show up right where you're sitting. Amen. And maybe provide some things that maybe you've been looking for and longing for for a long time. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says that whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And he does that through his word. It's the truth of God's word that makes people free. Amen. You know, as a teenager, I didn't know Jesus, even though I'd grown up in a mainline denominational church, you know, and kind of jumped through all the hoops and stuff. I was still lost as a goose in a snowstorm. How many of you understand that? I was lost anyway. Some of you are going, what? What? You know, well, you know, uh, I used to ask my dad different times to say, well, what is that anyway? And he said, that's a handle to a duck's nest. <laughs> okay, you know, you say, well, what's that? I, I still don't know. I'm, I'm 66 years old. I still haven't figured it out. But anyway, <clears throat> we have our sayings, don't we? And uh, different things of that nature. But uh, anyway, so glad that you can be here today. And I, I believe with all my heart that God has something he wants to share with you. And that's the uniqueness of our Father is, is that we can have 100 or so people or however many that are in this auditorium, and he can speak to every one of us right where we are about our lives and his plan and purpose for us. So I hope you'll open your heart to that possibility so that he can tell you what you need to know. How many of you know we need to know some things? Amen. And he doesn't want us to be or live in darkness. He wants us to live in the light. We also want to welcome all of you that are watching online. Delighted you can be with us here this morning. Praise God. You know, if you're ever in this part of the country, make sure you come and join us. Because I tell you what, live and in color is better. Hallelujah. So anyway, we're delighted you can be here as well. So let's open our Bibles this morning to Jeremiah chapter 31. If you can find that opening in your Bibles. Jeremiah chapter 31. Some things I want to share with you this morning. And I'm just... You know, a lot of times, you know, as a minister and as a pastor, uh, you have these things, you know, in preparation that are going on or going off maybe in your heart, and you're saying, oh, God, you got to help me come up with words for that. You know, because I'm telling you, you, you have no idea what heaven, what awaits us in heaven. The Apostle Paul, the Bible says, was taken up, actually, the Bible says he was taken up into the third heaven. So I don't know what the first and the second are. I don't even know what the third is. But he was taken, and, and uh, he said it was, it was, he saw things that were inexpressible. In other words, there were no words in the human language to describe what it is that he 
uh, witnessed and experienced uh, in that heavenly journey. So we got a lot to look forward to. Amen. Praise God. And um, but but thank God for the part we do know. And that's the part I want to share with you this morning. So we're going to ask the Lord to help us. Praise God. And we're going to get into this. And I believe that uh, there'll be some great things that occur. Father, we love you so much. Um, There really aren't words to describe uh, what it is that you've done and the thankfulness, Father, that we have for your plan of redemption for mankind. And we've been given the privilege, Father, to know And you've given us eyes to see. Jesus told his own disciples that their eyes were blessed, their ears were blessed because of what it is that they had seen and heard. And so are ours. So we thank you for this moment, this time that we have together today, Father. And may we lay aside all of the things that are going on in our personal lives and concerns we might have or desires and just sit here with you. And I just thank you, Father God, for your divine grace to reveal, to unveil, to disclose. Open up the eyes of our understanding, Father, that our hearts might be enlightened. And I just thank you for your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jeremiah chapter 31, this particular prophet, this would have been six, seven hundred years prior to Jesus' coming, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, made some astounding statements, a statement that, statements that he could never have understood. And even those that followed, you know, I mean, they were wondering as well. But let's read it together here and see what it is that uh, our Heavenly Father said in verse 31. He said, Behold, the days come. How many of you know that whatever God says, he always brings to pass? Every time. I mean, without fail. You know, he mentioned over and over again in the scriptures, and it shall come to pass if you will diligently seek me. Now, what's unfortunate about humanity is, is we don't have a lot of patience for about anything, especially in the days and times in which we're living right now. We want it now. Actually, we want it yesterday. Perhaps we could get it next, last week. Huh? But the reality is, is that God always makes good on his word. And it says here, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they they broke, Although I was a husband unto them, says the Lord. But this, everybody say this. This is the covenant, or this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws, or law, in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. 
What an incredible, incredible statement. Something, again, that this prophet made centuries before the fulfillment of them. And I stand amazed. Like I said sometimes in reading the scriptures, I, I, I am just in awe and, and in wonder of what it is that God has done, which nobody knew. No one knew the plan and the purpose of God. But it's such an incredible, wonderful plan of redemption that he has provided for you and I. We are the redeemed. In Galatians, the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us, not going to, but he's redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. Hallelujah. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree. And he did that so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon the Gentiles. Now, I know in our text here, it talked about Israel, it talked about Judah, but you know what? It, it, it included not only them, but all of us, all of us little Gentile friends. Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And so no one during Jeremiah's time could have ever imagined the incredible way in which God would fulfill this prophecy or this prophetic word, and he did so, of course, in the sending of his son. They didn't, nobody knew anything about that. He said, I'm going to take my law and I'm going to write it in your hearts. Nobody knew how that. I mean, how do you do that? How does that happen? I mean, literally or, 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 or in, in reality, how does that take place? Nobody knew that. And what's more, no one could have ever begun to imagine the incredible restoration of power, glory, and blessing that would come upon you and I. I tell you, you are invested with stuff. You, 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 you have no idea what it is that God has done for you. But thank God for his word. I mean, we got a little glimpse of some of these matters. But I tell you what, the wonder and the awe of this plan, and not only that, but what he did for you and I, it is magnificent. We sang about it this morning. I'm so amazed sometimes with these songs. I'm thinking to myself, Linda Bates has been in my office. You know, of course, we know that's not true. But anyway, I'm telling you what, such a grace that is in this redemption. So if you're having problems and challenges and you're confused or afraid or you feel guilty or, or uh, condemned, uh, by the time we get done today, baby, you are, that's going to be gone because there is no place for it in the life of the believer. There's only glory that awaits the child of God. Oh, that we could see. Oh, that we could understand. But again, you know, to, to imagine or understand this, this glory, this power, um, this, this <laughs> blessing that would come to you and me, that we have right now not going to. Sometimes, you know, we live in this finite world and, and, and it's hard for us to get over into, our, uh, into the understanding of what it is that Jesus did when he came to this world. But the apostle Paul, when he was writing, he said, well, he was actually talking about a prayer that he was praying for the church at Ephesus. And he said this, he says, I'm praying so that you will see the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. 
So in other words, Paul said, you need to get this revelation. You need to understand what it is that God unpacked in his son, Jesus Christ, for you. He didn't just come and die for the sins of the world, dude. He rose victorious, and then he took all of it and gave it to you as a child of God. He said, you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. And so when we see this and understand this, it was like, you know, the Apostle Paul, he's saying, I'm praying because you got to see this. You, you got to get this. You got to understand the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. How many believers do I have here today? So there's something that has occurred, something that has happened. Now, if I'm the devil, I'm going to do everything I can to dissuade you from that truth. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you from understanding and knowing that truth. Because if you come to know that, his days of dominating you, my friend, are over in every aspect of your life. And people deal with all kinds of stuff. People got drug addiction, substance abuse. People are, you know, get tied up in pornography. They get, in, get into all of these things. Well, Jesus came and he shed his blood so that you could be absolutely, totally free from its bondage. People deal with all kinds of condemnation, guilt. <clears throat> They've had failings in their lives. You know, their past is jaded by all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus Christ himself came into this world and gave his life so that you could be free from whatever it is that seems to be binding you. And I mean, you don't have to wait for another moment to be free from what it is that may be binding you on this given day. People are jaded by all kinds of things, offense, their cynicism, their critical, their cynics, I should say, you know. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, just junk, that people have allowed into their lives, and yet the Lord Jesus Christ himself redeemed them from all of it so that they would never have to ever be bound by it. Aren't you glad for that today? You ought to be saying in your heart, you know what, I'm going to have me some of that. Amen. Because I tell you, it's free for the picking. You know? It's free. All you got to do is go get it. But yet a lot of times people will sit on the fence and they'll just say, oh, no, you know, I know. You know, and the devil talks them out of what it is that could be theirs. You know, you take a busload of kids and take them out into a, 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 an orchard where all of the apples are ripe and everything, you open up that door, dude, they're not, they're, I mean, they're gone. dun 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 They're not sitting in the parking lot going, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. You know, I wish I could, you know, but I've this and that and the other. Well, you know what? You've been listening to the wrong drummer for way too long. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, the head of the church, the King of kings and the Lord of lords came for you. So that glory to God, you can enjoy his very best. So that you can be free. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. That you wouldn't have to live a jaded life. That you could actually love people and have joy in your life. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So again, Paul said, you got to see this. But I tell you, a few Christians have realized the place that Christ has raised us up into. 
Folks don't know it. And I'm talking about the legal side of what Christ did. But I'm trying to also talk to you about how that can become a reality or vital within your life. He did it. Now it's you and I's responsibility to go possess it. And you can. Why? Because it's yours. Are you with me? Somebody comes to you sometime and, you know, they say, hey, um, I know that you, you know nothing about this, but there's this guy back here, you know, and uh, he recently died and he was quite wealthy and, and he had, uh, I mean, he had so much money, he didn't even know what to do with it all, and you're the heir. And all you got to do is come down to the office and sign a few papers and all of it will be yours. Well, would you just, you know, you might, you might say, how can this be? But, you know, on the other hand, you got to be pretty excited about the possibility, right? All you got to do is go to the law office, to the attorney, and sign a bunch of papers. And based upon what he said, it could be yours. So let's just say you do that. You're smart enough to get to going. And you, you know, sign all the papers and everything. And the guy takes his file and he places it within your hands and said, congratulations, all of it is yours. Well, you know, if you had a brain in your head, you'd start looking things over to try to decide where all this is, isn't that right? Or you could say, well, I'd like to believe this, but I, 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 I don't know if this is, you know, how can this be? How can, you know, no, nah, I don't think this is. And, you'll ne- and, and not act on what it is that you've been told And you will never be able to enjoy the spoils, the riches, the blessing, however you want to decide or define it. You'll never get to to enjoy it. But thank God you're smarter than that. Everybody say, I'm smarter than that. Huh? No, for sure you would go ahead and you would find out what it is that's in the deal, what it is that you belong to. Now, somebody could come up to you and say, well, that's not yours. And you could say, well, why do you say that? Well, because you've never seen it, you don't know anything about it, you, you, you've never experienced it. It, it. You know, this whole thing that he said, it's not true, and you, you, know, you might as well just forget all this. That's the devil. Huh? You getting this? And you can say, listen, I don't care what you say. You know, devil, if you want to, why don't we just get in the car right here right now, and we'll drive out there, and I'll show you what it is that now belongs to me. What is mine in the name of Jesus? He won't ever get in the car, trust me. Are you with me? So it's important for us to believe God and not the devil. So like I said, you know, we need to realize where it is that he has, he's raised us unto I mean, you know, the thing is, is that when, when Christ did what he did, his work was, it was transformational. It changed us from the inside out. It made us a new creation in him. No one can do that but God. And of course, that's why when Jeremiah said, the days are coming, dude, and I'm going to pull one that no one could have ever recognized or knew anything about. And I tell you, when the devil finds out, he's going to want to go crawl in a hole. Are you listening to me? The Bible says if the princes of this world would have ever known what God had planned, they would have never, ever crucified the Lord of glory. You know why? Because when he was resurrected and you became born again, there wasn't just one Jesus, there was multitudes of them. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Who know and who love the truth? 
And so today, praise God, we're living in that blessing. So his work was transformational, but the other thing I want to mention to you is, is that that work also has elevated us. Everybody say, I'm up. Everybody say, I'm up. You're up, not down. You're up. Why? Because of him. He has elevated us above everything, far above the Bible. So it didn't say you're just above. No, it says far above. Have you ever noticed that? You know, God says, I've come that you might have life and have it more what? Abundantly, above, far above. All that you can even ever ask or think because of the power. Everybody say, I have his power. You see, you've got his power. But we don't talk about his power. We talk about our problems. We talk about whatever's not going on or right or whatever. We're not talking about who we are in him. We're talking about whatever the devil's doing in the world. You say, well, you know, you just can't live in some dream world. I'm not. I'm living in the reality of what it is that God, through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, provided for the church. Are you in the church? Are you a part of the church? Are you a believer? Oh, I wish I could believe that. You can. I said you can. Come on, man. Dude, stop being a lump of coal. Get excited. God's done something for you. Woo! Light a fire under you. And believe what it is he's done. He's elevated us far above everything the enemy could use against us. And like I said, he uses condemnation. He uses guilt. He uses shame. But I tell you what, praise God, that can all be washed away in one moment. Discouragement and despair, fear and trepidation. God, the Bible says, has not given you the spirit of fear. Say, I don't have it. Now you say, yeah, but I do have it. No, stop saying I do, I do have it and say, I don't have it. Why? Because that's what he did for you. Switch. Move over. God has not given you the spirit of fear. What's he given you? Power, love, and a brain. Can you, can you hear me? Say, I have a brain. Amen. You know, that guy, that guy, Tin Man, you know, there in the Wizard of Oz, he ain't got nothing on you. If I only had a brain. You got one. He's given you one. Matter of fact, the Bible says you got the mind of Christ. Are you listening to me? So, I tell you what, man. This is the thing. What's so incredibly brilliant about all of this is that what, what God had planned before the foundation of the world, he had it hid in a mystery, and nobody knew anything about it. And, you know, he uses Jeremiah as, he pro, uh, as a prophet, and he speaks as his mouthpiece, and he says, there's coming a day when I'm going to do something that nobody could have ever imagined. You and I are on the backside of that, and we have the privilege of being able to enjoy it. All you got to do is get people to believe it and walk in the light of it, and they could get blessed. 
You know, it'll tell, you know when, you, when you come to realize these truths, you'll put down your sin and wrongdoing. You'll walk away from the stuff that's destroying your life because you think that that's where happiness or joy or fulfillment or whatever it is you think it is comes from when it doesn't. It comes from God. It comes from being free. It comes from knowing Him. You know, those are the things that, that, that are truly the things that bless people's lives. You've experienced the emptiness of sin. You know how destructive that it can be in your life. If you allow it to grow and continue, you know. It isn't that you're, you know, blinded by these things. You know exactly what it does. You come to grips with the fact that when the devil lied to you and said it would be so great, you only come to realize on the backside that it was not. You say, are you trying to talk people out of sin? Absolutely, dude. I'm a preacher. Come on, give me a break. I want them to know the truth so the truth can make them free. I don't like seeing people's lives destroyed. I don't, I don't like seeing people's homes broken up. I don't, I don't like seeing kids being thwarted by the plan of the devil and led off into darkness. I don't like seeing it. You got people and kids in this world, dude, they don't even know who they are. And they're so jacked up from what it is that people have told them, they don't know straight up from sickum. That's another one. They don't. They're, 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 they're ignorant. I, I wouldn't say stupid to be demeaning, but they're so foolish. And they rage. There's so many people that are so full of hate. And they'll get a group of people to start a riot, you know, and think it's right and it's just. And they're so wrong. Because the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. They want to take God out of everything. Hell hates the church. I don't know if you knew that or not. He hates this country. He hates this nation. And thus we see the things that are going on. But God hid this thing, man. It was a mystery. Nobody knew anything about it. Huh? You know, I mean, it was there all the time. He said, this is what's going to happen. But nobody could see it. I mean, you know, even like with the disciples, they go, how can this be? I mean, you know, you're, you're telling us this, this, this stuff, Jesus, but, but we're not getting it. He goes, yeah, don't I know that? He said, but there, he says, I got a lot of things I like to tell you, but you cannot bear or understand them now. But when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll unpack this thing for you so that you can see everything the way you should. Remember, you know, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, hey, we're going to celebrate that here pretty quick. You know what that, what that did for you? It gave you a victory. Glory to God. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Why? Because of him. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, happy day next month. Amen? But you know, when, when he was raised from the dead, or I'm sorry, when he was actually prior to that, well, no, he was raised from the dead. But prior to that, so many people watched him die on that cross. And these two guys, you know, in such disappointment, in such despair, they said there's nothing really left to do but go home. So the Bible says that they're on their way back to a little community called Emmaus. And Jesus slides up alongside them, but they don't know who he is. He had hidden his, 
his uh, identity from them. And they're talking, you know, man, they're down in the mouth. You know, Jesus listens to all your conversations. So when you're talking, you know, down in the mouth, he's listening. Just thought you might want to know that. Huh? He comes up along, he slides up alongside him. He says, what are you guys talking about anyway? They said, well, you're some kind of stranger. Don't you even know what's going on, man? You know? And so they start rehearsing, you know, all the things as far as what they're thinking was concerned. And I just want to break into the middle of that conversation with you, if I could. When, it's, when, when they got done with all their chirping, listen to what he said. It'll be up here on the screen. He said to them, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all in all that the prophets have spoken. He said, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, listen, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. It was there all the time, but men couldn't see it. Then he goes on to say in this text, he drops down in, uh, he said to them, These are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. And then he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the Scriptures. And then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, and you are witnesses to these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but you wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with what? With what? With power from on high. Woo! They said, did not our hearts burn within us as he shared those scriptures with us? Well, now all of a sudden they're excited. You ought to be excited. Huh? The same realities, the same joy, the same victory, the same cheer belongs to you, child of God. Woo! Glory to God! You could have a lot more joy in your life. If you just start looking at the right things, can I get a witness? Everybody say, I have his power. Jesus said, you wait till you receive it. So men didn't know it, talking about the mystery. Hell, sure as hell didn't know it. Huh? That's probably cussing. Um, Forgive me. It's light cussing. But nonetheless, you know, when Paul was writing, look with me. Well, you don't have to look. Just look up here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 6, Paul talks about this mystery and the wisdom of God. And he says, he says we, speak the wisdom, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Listen to me, you guys. You see all this stuff going on, all these people doing all this corrupt dirt? You know, it won't be long and you won't be able to find them. They'll be gone. The Bible says that hell beneath is moved to meet them at their coming. 
So don't be concerning yourself about the injustice and everything that you see. You leave that with him, and you just do what it is he asks you to do and stay happy. I command you. (laughs) Because it's easier said than done sometimes. But he says, verse 7, he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages, before anything else, for our glory. Now notice this, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now you could look at that naturally, but you could also look at it, you know there was an angry mob that crucified Jesus, but they had help. Because the God of this world was behind what was going on, driving them towards the fulfillment of what God had promised. And the devil didn't have a clue. But I tell you, when he came up out of that grave, I said, when he came up out of that grave, I guarantee you the devil said, "Uh uh-oh. Huh? Amen. Now, let's go on in this reading. It says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man. Listen to this, listen to this, write it down, put it, underline it. The things which God has prepared for those, huh? Yeah, there's something he has prepared for those that love him. How many of you love him today? I'm telling you what, he's got something going on. Huh? And if you go on reading in verse 12, he says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, listen, listen, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us from your Father. Freely given to, everybody say it, the Lord is on my side. The Lord is for me. I mean, praise God, you got to start thinking the way that God thinks. He's for you. He's on your side. He's not against you. Paul, excuse me. Mm. Paul said, if God is for us, which he is, who or what can be against us? Everybody say, I'm a victor. Say, I have his power. Everybody say, I can do what the Lord says I can do. Don't tell me you can't live victoriously for Jesus. That's a lie. Well, you know, I kind of like my sin. I kind of like, I don't know how come I come to this again. But anyway, you know, people, they, they pet their sin. They say, well, you know, I just can't get, no, I can't get away from it. That is a lie. Woo, major one. It isn't that you can't. You don't want to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But thank God you can change that too. You get to see a little bit more of this and you'll walk away from that junk. Huh? And I don't know why, you know, we don't get a clue, but think about it with me for just one moment. I mean, if something's destroying your life, wouldn't you kind of like to think maybe, you know, maybe we ought to get out of this? You know, when, it's, when it is sucking the life out of your life, when it is taking everything from you instead of putting something into you, why wouldn't you want to get out of it? Are you with me? 
When I was a kid growing up, my dad was an alcoholic. He died of cirrhosis of the liver. He was 59 years old. And I love my dad, you know, I mean, he was, I mean, I guess, you know, he was cool, you know, you know, whatever. But dude, he destroyed our home with his problem. You say, well, how'd that happen? Because my dad would never be at home. He, he was not a dad in that context. And the other thing is, is that I remember he'd go to Canada and go fishing all the time, and he'd come back bringing this Canadian beer, you know, because he liked it. I don't remember what the name of it was. But we would have a stack. I mean, he wouldn't buy, you know, a couple, couple six-packs or 12-pack or whatever. No, 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 no. We had a stack of cases of beer like this. Well, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but, you know, on any given day, uh, how much is a case of beer now? If you answer that question, I know something about you. <laughs> Does anybody know? I mean, I never walked by. I mean, would it, would it, be, would it be $25? Huh? Nobody's going to say a word, are they? Okay. Well, it doesn't matter, but, you know, a case, I mean, he'd, he'd bring back 10 cases of beer, you know, and so let's just say it's 30 bucks a case. I don't even know now what the relative amount would be, but never thought anything about it. It was, you know, remember when you walked in the back door there, there was that little closet over there that had the furnace and the hot water heater and a big stack case of beer. <clears throat> and we suffered for it. That's my point. You know, our home was dilapidated. We had two porches on this house. And when you, the, all of the, the floor joists on the porch in the back, they were all rotten, shot. When you'd walk on the floor, it would do one of these, you know. And that's where mom washed and, you know, did her washing and different things like that. Front porch was falling off, you know. Stuff wasn't getting fixed, you know. That's the way I grew up. Thank God I got saved. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, you don't have to live this way. You don't, have a port, you don't have to have a porch that's falling off. You can have a porch, praise God, you can land an airplane on. Hallelujah. Now, a lot of folk in the world, they don't want you to have no, no, no porch with a, that you can land an airplane on. But you know what? God doesn't care. I said, he don't care. I remember when my wife, 20 years ago, when we built our home, people go, my God. Wow, that's a house. You know, now our home dwarfs everybody else's. You know? Are you listening to me? It's all relative, you guys. Get your head on. Come on. You know, we get so jealous about whatever it is that everybody else is going on. Dude, that is not a path you want to go down. If you want to go down a path, say, I'm in that line. That's what my wife and I did. We, had, we didn't hardly have anything. We had Brian. Dude, this, this kid learned to eat from an early age. You know what I'm saying? You know, little by little by little by little, it shall come to pass. You know, you be faithful to God, he'll be faithful to you. But a lot of folk, they haven't learned that. You know, when you think about it, our lives are really good. Oh, that didn't go over big at all. Hey, I said, when you think about it, your life is really good. Amen. Come on. You're not fleeing for your lives. You didn't pick up whatever you could grab a hold of and run. 
You didn't watch somebody just blow the living daylights out of everything. You know, you got these kids and they're in school one day and the next day they're fleeing for their lives. Everybody say, I am blessed. Hell is doing that. Are you with me? And I guarantee you that if the devil has his way, he'll do the same thing here. You say, well, that's not a very good prognosis. Well, no, it's not. And that's why the world needs the church. Are you with me? So anyway, where were we? Kind of got off on a deal there. Oh, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Remember that? Amen. So men didn't know it. Hell didn't know it. Even the angels, the Bible says, didn't know it. They didn't know. You know, Peter, he talks about, uh, uh, let me break into this thing here someplace. You know, he says, to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but uh, uh, they were ministering the things that are now being reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. Now listen, which things the angels desire to look into. I mean, they, they didn't even have a clue what it is that God was doing. And so God's plan of salvation, your salvation, was it was absolutely brilliant, you guys. He pulled it off. He made it possible. When Jesus rose from the dead, praise God, he opened the door for your life to be so much different. I tell you, you ought to give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, your redemption, it was God's idea. He's the one who hatched the plan and offered his son so that you and I could be set free. Look with me, if you would, please. Let's, we ought to read a scripture or make you look in your Bible or device or something. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look with me, if you would, please. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Look at this. The Bible says in verse 17 of the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. How many of you are in Christ this morning? You say, well, what do you mean by that? How many of you have been born again? How many of you are born of his spirit? You surrendered your heart and said, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. All right? So if any man like that be in Christ, what does the Bible say? He is a what? He's a what? He's a what? He's a new creature. He's a new creation. And old things, the old man, all that stuff that once was is gone. Hallelujah. Old things are passed away. Quit letting the old man get out of its coffin in your life, man. Dude. Get the silver bullet or the stake or whatever and drive it through the thing. Shut the door and use a stapler, a pneumatic one, and go so it can't get out. Why? Because you're a new creation. And old things have passed away. And thank God, behold, all things are become new. Now look at the next verse. Look what it says here. It says in verse 18, and all things are of who? God did this thing. So when you think that God doesn't love you, when you think that God is mad at you, when you think that he's not for you, I just want you to know this morning on a Sunday, the 20th day of March, 
that you have been listening to the devil, my friend. Huh? <clears throat> you know, you, you got to get your marching orders from the Bible, not from the world. Not for, you know, the devil works 24-7, man. That's why the Bible tells us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind through the Word of God, the washing of the water of the Word. Get enough of the Word of God on the inside of you so you got something to fight with. So that when, when the lie comes, you can say, I don't believe that. Praise God, I believe God. I believe the Word. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. And all things have become new. And all of this, God is the one who put it all together. Notice what it goes on then to say in this verse, who has reconciled us. Not going to. Baby, you are. Remember that scripture, or I am, or we sang it. We're his. We're his. You're his. And he ain't let go. I tell you what, you can run as far as you want to run, baby. You ain't getting away. He paid too great a price. I'm telling you what. He's not, you know, when, when God takes real estate, he ain't going to pay for it twice. Are you listening to me? He's reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ, has given us this ministry that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing trespasses against us or them, and has committed to us this word, this word of reconciliation. And then he goes, you know, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad for that? Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Isn't that good? God's idea. The whole thing was his idea. You know, does it displease God when we miss the mark or we have a failing or we sin or whatever, however you want to describe it? Yeah, it does. Because he did something for you so that that wouldn't have to happen. You say, so what do I do? Repent. Say, God, I'm so sorry. Why am I such a nimrod here? i got to get myself together. Help me. And he'll say, okay, I will. Are you with me? Any of you ever made any mistakes? All of us have. You know, we have shortcomings. We live in this flesh. We deal with stuff. We make wrong decisions, poor choices, bad stuff, whatever. But I'm telling you what, God's merciful. Huh? Remember that prophecy? You know, in Jeremiah, it says that he's going to forgive your iniquities. Huh? Right? Your sins, he'll remember no more. Oh, I tell you, it's glorious, you guys. Praise God. If you could only see what's going on on the inside of me. Glory to God. Because of what it is that he's done. Our redemption was a beautiful thing that God did for us of his own volition and his own will. He chose to do it. It's time for us to rid ourselves from the guilt and the condemnation that is heaped upon us by the devil. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. May I ask one more time, are you in him? Yes. Huh? Yeah, there is none. If you read in the scriptures here again in this same eighth chapter of Romans, beginning with verse 31, it'll be up here. What shall we then say to these things? Now listen to this. If God be for us, who, what can be against you? Say it again. God is for me. 
believe that. Listen, come on. I don't care what's going on in your past. I don't care all the things. I mean, his blood was sufficient. Come on. And listen, he's done everything that he is going to do and needs to do so that you can live victoriously with and through him. Come on now. You say, yeah, but I can get ornery once in a while. (laughs) Yeah, we already know that. Hey, come on. But you don't have to. You can pass it up. When the opportunity comes, you can just say, passez-vous. Go find somewhere else to land. Say, I can't do that. Oh, that's a lie. I said, that's a lie. Well, I've tried it before. Well, try it again. Only this time, let's do it. Are you with me? If God's for us, who can be against us? Listen to Paul's reasoning. He who did not spare his own son... But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who's going to bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who's he that condemns? It is Christ that died. And furthermore is also risen. Who's even at the right hand of God praying for you. Come on. He wants you to have victory. And the church needs to realize this. I mean, you, we got to get a grip on this. We got to see and realize what happened between the cross and the throne. Because Jesus became our substitute and he took our place. He took, he went for us to that cross. And when he rose from the dead, guess what? He grabbed you by the hand and said, We're going up there. Are you with me? And not only that, not only did he redeem you, dude, but I mean he empowered and equipped you to be able to do, and I wish I could preach all afternoon because I could flat do it right now. Yes! He's provided something for you. We just need to take it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Do we have time? Is it really? Yeah, okay, look. Look here. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. You say, you're wearing me out, Pastor. You should have went to bed last night. Let's stay up all night. Get to go to bed. Watching Alone, like 45 episodes. How many of you are into Alone? How many of you don't even know what an Alone is? It's these people that go and, and live out in the middle of nowhere with like 10 things for 100 days, and if they do, they'll give you, uh, yeah, a million dollars or something. And they get out there about 40 days, and they start losing their mind, and then they come home. <laughs> Not about right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, except some of them. I mean, you know, they'd stay out there for years and wouldn't know any difference. Where were we? You know, we're talking about Ephesians here. Look at this. Paul, this prayer he prayed. Listen to the prayer, you guys. Listen to what it is that Paul's praying. He's saying, when I heard of your faith, he said, I started praying for you. And this is how I began to pray so that you'd get this. He said, after I heard of your faith, in verse 15, and your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And here's my prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
will give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Stuff I've been talking to you about this morning for these last 45 minutes is just that, a revealing or a revelation of what it is that God has done. Paul said, dude, you've got to see this. You've got to understand what it is that he has done for you. He goes on then to say, in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding having been enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and listen, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. Everybody say it again, I've got his power. Now, you may never use it, you know, but you've got it, huh? I said, you have it. Amen. I, I could use another illustration. Somebody could back up to your garage and you've got a freezer out there and it's empty. And they, they come knocking at the door and said, hey, by the way, I filled up your freezer for you. And I put steaks in there and I got big old fat chickens, whole chickens. And I got all kinds of goodies, you know, and different stuff like that. And pizzas, don't forget the pizzas. And, and it's, I, I chalked this thing full for you. So I just want you to enjoy it. It's free. Why did I do it? Because I love you. And I want the best for you. I want you to go over, not under. And I don't ever want you to be hungry. So here it is. Now I'm telling you, dear friends, that freezer out, that chest freezer out there in that garage, it can sit there for 100 years. But if you don't go out in the garage and get it, you are not going to have nothing. Are you listening to me? You know, there's a, <clears throat> there is a possessing of what it is that's ours. You know? The Bible says the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I ain't feel much love. Well, then stop living by your feelings and start believing what he said. Are you with me? You can have heaven on earth if you want it. Now, if you want to be a stick in the mud, if you want to, you know, be careful, pastor. If you want to gripe and complain, you can. If you want to find fault, you can. If you want to be offended, you can. Huh? You can have all that if you want to, or, or, here's a, here's a thought, you can say, you know what, I'm done with all this, and I'm not going to play into the hand of the devil. I'm not going to allow strife to live in my home. Are you with me? That's your choice. That's your decision. You want to have a great marriage, you can have one. You may have to work on it, but you can have one. You say, well, we never talk to one another. Well, hey, there's a start. You know, oh, we've grown apart. We'll grow together. Start doing things together. You're, you're, you're a team. But the devil will keep, you know, doing the wedge thing, doing the wedge thing, doing the wedge thing, doing the wedge thing. Pretty soon you go up and say, who are you? So sad. I'm telling you, my wife and I, we're having the best years of our life now. Because we choose to do that. Are you listening to me? It sure gets quiet. I tell you, when you start talking about this stuff, I mean, you know. I tell you, there isn't anybody that wants what I would refer to as your happiness more than your heavenly father. And he made it, he made it possible. Really, there's nothing that, that my wife and I want more than your happiness in the context of this. It breaks our heart. We've watched it. It's, it's hideous. 
to watch people lose their lives, their relationships, their kids, their whatever, you know, is going on. Because people are, you know, inherently selfish. You know, you know that's the problem, don't you? Huh? They're just, they're just not willing to lay their life down. And you have got to learn to live differently. And no one can do that for you. It's got to be your own choice. And, and people will say, well, you know, they're this, they're that, they're the whatever, whatever. And, and that might be, but that doesn't have to define who you are. Did you get that? How, what are you going to do? Well, if they would just this, that, or the other, well, maybe you got to look somewhere else for your reward. Huh? Maybe we could pray for them. Say, Father, help my husband, help my, my wife to understand this, to see this, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. And then while you're praying, listen to the prayer and make sure that it's, <laughs> you ready for this? <laughs> Not a selfish one. God fix them. They, they need fixing. I mean to tell you they really need fixing, Lord. And I'm just wishing that you would maybe, you know, intervene here somehow or another or whatever. And, uh, you know, you might hear something like, well, we could start with you. Well, if you ain't going to listen to me, I'm just going to sit down then, you know. <laughs> He'll fix it if you'll let him. That's all I got to say about that. <clears throat> I remember years ago, there was a woman that had been, I think she'd been, and I'm not... Please don't get the wrong impression here. But she'd already been married a couple times. Maybe three. I don't know. But anyway, one day she comes to church. This is between husbands, I think. Maybe not. I don't remember. Some things you try to forget. You know what I'm saying? She says, she comes out to us. It's just real snarky. She didn't say it to her. She said to me, you're so lucky. I said, well, I don't know anything about luck, but yeah, I am blessed. She goes, you know, you got that wife, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's chirping like a magpie about how unhappy she is, really, you know. And you never, you, you can't imagine some of the things that people say to me after church, Jeff. It's wild. It's like, you know, yeah. And... uh you know, I just told her, I said, you know, luck really has nothing to do with it. Amen. Well, I am lucky, okay? But at the end of the day, it's not about luck, it's about love. And she was, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. But, um, <clears throat> you know, people, they have things happen in their lives, and they really need repair. They need to be fixed because they're broken. And, you know, this, that, and the other p things that people have said, things that people have done, you know, all kinds of things. But I tell you what, if you will put your heart in his hands, he can fix you. I can't. I can tell you, you know, I can wax eloquent up here, you know, for however long and tell you this and that and the other. But if you'll give your heart to him, say, God, you've got you to help me. Most people don't want to go there, okay? All right? Because it is the, the core of our existence and who we are. And it's hard. Okay, I get it. 
You know, I needed to get saved, but I didn't want to because I knew I was going to have to do this, that, and the other. But I was deceived. And when I finally, I just drove by it on my motorcycle yesterday, man. Went around the place where my altar is when I gave my heart to Jesus. And I just said, thank you, Father. Because it was right here that I got saved. Whew. Yeah. He wants to fix stuff in your life. And all you got to do is let him. Let's bow our heads together. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I've talked about a lot of things today, and like my prayer was before the service to you, I just ask you, Father God, to take what it is that was said and pour it into these, your people, to help them see your heart, to help them see what it is that you did so that we could live. It was your idea. And Father, today as a congregation of people and even those that are watching online, we sit in your presence, Father. We sit before you today. And Father, all of us have needs, things that we're dealing with, stress, distress, strife, offense, unforgiveness. Maybe we've got physical vices, you know, that are, well, they're just, they're eating our lunch. But God, we come to you as a church and we come to you as human beings, as individuals. And we ask you, Father God, to help us. Help us to be the people that you want us to be. Help us, Father God, to declare the truth of your holy word. Help us to shine bright in a world that is so dark. Father, help us to stand strong and declare what is true in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation of people. Father, as a church, help us to rise up and be strong, to be victorious in you as you called us to be. And Father, may we not let or give the devil any place in our lives. So while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around, you're here this morning. And I don't know how this message has resonated with you, but I'm going to guess that there's probably a need you have within your life. And what I want you to do is I want you to have just this moment to have a conversation with your Heavenly Father and let Him know what it is that you need and what it is that you want to do and what it is that you're asking Him to help you with. So I'm just going to allow you this moment, just a private moment to have that conversation. It's not one I can have, but it's one you can have. Father, I thank you right now for each and every heart as they come before you today, Father, with the need that's represented in their life. And God, I just want to thank you that you stand ready, that you're near to meet the need that's represented in their life. And I want to thank you, Father, that as they ask that they will receive, and that in their asking and their receiving, Father, that there will be a performance of that which you have promised and that which they have committed themselves to. Help them, Lord, to be the people you want them to be. And I thank you for it. While your heads are still bowed, for one more moment, please, and your eyes are closed, is there anyone here you've never asked Christ to come into your heart? Never surrendered your heart to him and said, God, I, I know I need you and 
I, I want to give you all my life, all my heart, all my soul. If you're here and you've never done that, but you say, I want to, can I see your uplifted hand anywhere as I look? You may be there watching online for whatever reason and you've never made the decision. Well, Jesus loves you. And that's what we talked about here today. And he wants you to give him your life so that you can live. Anyone here before I close this morning? Father, I pray for those that may be watching online that maybe have never made a commitment to you. And Lord, let them pray a simple prayer and say, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. And I thank you, Lord, for making them a new creation in you and that their lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. How many are you glad you came this morning? Did you all receive something today?